0: Hello uh, I'm here with um, Nick Hurst who's a consultant uh, colorectal surgeon in Derby who has special interest in familial uh, colorectal cancer and um, what we're going to talk about today is a, a quick background to familial colorectal cancer and then specifically about HMPCC and we're going to talk about FAP uh, in another podcast. This podcast is aimed at uh, people coming up to the exam and so it's the final stage of the ISCP curriculum and it should uh, tell you all you need to know about uh, HMPCC for the exam and beyond. Um, Thanks for coming to talk to us, Nick. Um, Just to start then, could you tell us um, how common familial cancer is as a proportion of all colorectal cancer?
1: It probably affects somewhere between about 15 and perhaps 30% of all colorectal cancers. The more we understand about familial clustering, I suspect the more we're going to see them as a proportion of the disease that we see
0: every day. Okay, thanks. So um, HMPCC, um, can you tell us what the letters stand for, uh, and define it, and, and, and just talk through the genetic basis of that condition.
1: Well, essentially it's hereditary non-polyposis colorectal cancer, intrinsically badly named condition, also known as Lynch 1 and Lynch 2 syndrome, particularly after Henry Lynch in 66, who first described it. It's an autosomal dominant condition, um, uh, characterised by defects in one or more of the mismatch repair genes that are important in proofreading DNA during um, uh, cell division. It results in a rapid accumulation of genetic damage, which, according to Kudson's uh, theory of uh, multi-hit hypothesis for colorectal carcinogenesis, results in progression from normality to frank malignancy in a shorter time frame than you might expect. It affects colorectal cancer, hence HMPCC. Mm-hmm. However, there are another four or five um, uh, organs that can be involved, principally ovary, uterus, gastric, and renal pelvis uroepithelial tumours. But other tumours are also much more common in this condition, particularly those of the hepatobiliary tract of the brain and, indeed, of the small bowel, where
0: they're, for example, 100 times more common than in wild-type genomes. Right, Okay. And you said Lynch type 1 and Lynch type 2. Can you tell us the difference between those two things?
1: Well, Lynch 1 just concentrates on colorectal cancer associated with mismatch repair genes, whereas Lynch 2 broadens the field. Um, so, we should be talking in terms of Lynch 2, um, although there are subtle differences in the genetic makeup of both conditions. Um, it's important, however, when you start to take histories of patients who may be within these pedigrees that you can t- consider Lynch 2, simply because if you concentrate on the colorectal, you'll miss the opportunity to identify those with colorectal pathology impending. Okay, thanks. How, how common is HMPCC then? It's not common. Um, Possibly underreported because uh, the family pedigrees may not be as, uh, as thoroughly researched as you might expect, um, but it probably accounts for less than 1% of all of our colorectal cancers.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's a major part of that and FAP, the two major players in familial cancer. They
1: are. They're, those are the two biggest groups. Others are available, of course, but those are the biggest uh, offenders for familial cancers um, uh, that belong to defined syndromes. What's less well understood are those um, patients who've got familial clustering of cancers for which no defined genetic syndrome has been identified, and they can be quite difficult to tie down and particularly to identify what their personal lifetime risk of developing colorectal cancer might be. Mm. You said about pedigree. Um, Can you tell us about Amsterdam criteria? Well, Amsterdam criteria was specifically designed to winkle out of family histories those patients' were thought to be at risk of HMPCC type tumours. Amsterdam 1 and Amsterdam 2 use the same numerical um, uh, data, but Amsterdam 2 is more directed towards a Lynch 2 syndrome. That's to say it includes those people with HMPCC type tumours as opposed to those who've just got colorectal cancers. Mm. uh, it, It revolves around three affected relatives crossing two generations one of which is under the age of 50, and two of those relatives should be first-degree relatives of each other to, to demonstrate the genetic continuity.
0: Right, so um, let's say, give me an example then. So a patient comes to you who um, has colorectal cancer and they're 50. What, what would make you think they had HMPCC?
1: If the family history was positive and um, was positive for Amsterdam criteria... Um, in the presence of of a young proband, then clearly um, that patient is at very high risk of having a familial-type cancer. If, however, they were standalone or the family history was unknown, the things that would really spark it off for me would be if it was a right-sided tumour with adverse features. So, for example, a high proportion of lymphocytic infiltration, uh, poorly differentiated tumour, high mucin production or potentially um, uh, patients who've had a second or even a third tumour, or who've got a a synchronous tumour at the time of their primary. Mm. Other features such as signet cell um, uh, anaplastic morphology are important, but it's also important to note that if this patient has got an HMPCC type tumour, their prognosis is paradoxically better than a like-for-like tumour within a wild-type genome.
0: Mm. Okay, and then... Genetic testing, so when do when you send someone, because that's, that's a, a, a diagnosis based on history, but now we know a bit more about genetics. When do you send someone for genetic testing, how would you do that? Well,
1: genetic testing is is a bit of a minefield across the board, um, both for psychosocial reasons, um, but also because it's not necessarily as accurate as you might expect. If you're going to send or consider someone for genetic testing, then the first thing to do is to possibly counsel them about the uh, the risk associated with it. To start with, you may be, in essence, giving them a sentence that they don't wish to to receive, that they are likely, in HMPCC's case, to develop uh, an 80% chance of of getting colorectal cancer, and in essence they see themselves as a time bomb. Um, Perhaps importantly in today's society, which is financially driven, um, if you give someone a diagnosis of a genetic syndrome such as this, then they can find themselves either uninsurable um, or uh, insurable only on very poor terms, mm. and they may find it difficult to, um, uh, to get other financial products as well, so they need to be cancelled about that. Yeah. You do need to have tissue from an affected relative if you are going to um, uh, identify the absolute and specific genetic abnormality. You can't do it just blind, although you can perform a fishing exercise on blood samples looking at the most common abnormalities mm. within the um, uh, mismatch repair gene
0: So, Just tell us why you need uh, an affected relative to compare the uh, DNA.
1: If you don't have um, DNA from a relative and from the tumour of the relative, then you can't actually um, uh, sequence the genetic uh, code for the tumour itself and compare that against known abnormalities. And as such, it can be very difficult to then develop a probe for the specific abnormality that uh, runs within that family to identify it in asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic groups.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, so we, we talked a bit about the the, the clinical features, um, the the colonic ones and the extra colonic ones. Um, let's say that someone's in a family with HNPCC or has had an HNPCC identified associated tumour. Tell us about surveillance for those uh, those patients. Well, surveillance is
1: important simply because you're aiming to change the the natural history of the disease from presentation with symptomatic malignancy to hopefully identifying those who've got pre-malignant disease and deal with it. Obviously, you need to direct this against the likely sites, and if there's a colorectal predominance uh, within the family tree with no extra colonic disease, it may be sufficient to just survey the uh, the colon. However, I think that would probably be a fairly brave move. Mm -hmm. We should be looking at patients um, uh, being colonoscoped probably every two to two and a half years, and indeed they should be gastroscoped every three years, Mm And that uh, should perhaps include gastroscopy with a side viewing scope to make sure that the ampulla is also uh, unblemished. Mm-hmm. Consideration for using dye spray colonoscopy may be uh, useful, particularly if the expertise is available locally. Mm-hmm. In female patients, a full gynecological assessment is also important, and they should probably undergo uh, transvaginal ultrasound scanning um, uh, to, to exclude endometrial and ovarian disease on mm-hmm. a regular basis uh, under the auspices of the gynecological team. Mm-hmm. How about the kidneys? Well, the kidneys are more difficult. Um, uh, Ultrasonography is a a poor discriminator for small lesions in the the renal pelvis. However, microscopic hematuria may give you some clues prompting ureteroscopy or upper tract um, uh, uh, direct
0: imaging. Okay. Um, And I think the other thing about colonoscopy is non-polyposis, but it doesn't mean that they don't have polyps, is that? Oh, no, they do have
1: polyps. Um, One of the reasons it's such a poorly uh, named syndrome The tumours that arise in HMPCC, by and large, do still arise within polyps themselves. The difference between HMPCC and the other well-known syndrome of FAP is simply that the polyps are much less numerous, um, but individual polyps have a much higher risk of developing cancer because of the rapid accumulation of genetic injury that
0: results in progression. Okay, that brings it on. So you, you take the polyps out endoscopically when you could, but how about if it's more than that? What are the surgical options with HMPCC?
1: Well, the surgical options with HMPCC are somewhat limited beyond dealing with the polyps or dealing with the um, uh, the colonic cancers as you find them. There is an argument, particularly in those patients who've developed their second tumour or if they have two tumours at the time of their uh, first presentation, to do a uh, a proctocolectomy. But one has to bear in mind that they are still open to developing uh, tumours in any other part of the body. This is a whole body condition. Mm. Every cell in the body is is likely. Um, uh, to undergo genetic damage during its lifetime. So surgery itself is confined largely to colorectal uh, disease. Uh, ovarian and endometrial ablation may be appropriate in female patients but clearly it's a bit of a, a, a step uh, to consider a prophylactic or risk-reducing gastrectomy or a Whipple's procedure.
0: Mm. Okay so uh, concentrate on the bit where you find the problem.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Stick with what you know. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And until we find a vaccine for HMPCC, I suspect the genetic injury is going to persist. Okay. Who should see these patients? Ideally speaking, they should be confined to those groups who've got a particular interest within this, simply to avoid missing the opportunity to identify them. Uh, Our own practice has been to establish uh, a pathway for GPs to refer patients with potential familial conditions such as, uh, as HMPCC, so that they're not dismissed inappropriately by people who may not fully understand the ramifications of an extended family tree, particularly with extracolonic disease. We have uh, a specialist nurse who will screen family histories for us, but will also have the, the good sense to divert to appropriate specialties those patients who are referred who were actually symptomatic at the time of inquiry.
0: Well, thanks, Nick. Uh, there's a lot in there. I wonder if you could uh, just summarise for us the important uh, take-home messages for uh, HMPCC.
1: I suppose the best thing to remember is, is an autosomal, dominantly inherited condition affecting the mismatch repair genes characterised by colonic and extracolonic tumours. It's important to take a thorough and probing family history to include um, all tumours, particularly um, uh, taking note of those tumours that are otherwise slightly unusual If the index of suspicion is relatively high, even if the family history doesn't um, uh, afford it, you should consider referring on to a familial cancer specialist for further
0: evaluation. Great. Thanks, Nick. Everything seems very clear now.